This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. Interest rates right now. Bank of Canada, Central Bank raised its policy rate to 4.5% yesterday, up 25 basis points from 4.25% in the uh, past year. What does that mean for the average person? What does it mean for the mortgage that you're trying to pay down? Well, we've got Malcolm, the mortgage guy with us. Malcolm, hey there. Hey, guys. Good morning. Uh, how are your clients doing? Are you getting panicked phone calls from people? Uh, yeah, I'm getting a lot of panicked phone calls. There's no doubt about that. The world has definitely changed in the last year. I mean, a year ago, we were at sort of the height of the market. Uh, everything was booming and rates were super low. And uh, clearly, that is not where we are right now. So, yeah, there's a lot of panic out there. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Uh, Jim is a little frustrated. He's been venting off the radio for a couple minutes here because he is on a variable rate mortgage. And you just switched over to the variable rate. You were thinking about locking in, Jim. What's the story? I've always been on a variable rate, and I bought my house five years ago. So, like, on renewal, you know, I was like, okay, should I go to the other rate? So I... I called the more I emailed or called I forget exactly my old mortgage person and they were like no no stay on the variable and this was February of last year and I was like before the interest rates like went up so I go okay and then talking to this the other mortgage person who I was talking to to consider taking equity out of my home to do a renovation and that's what I did I ended up doing it. and talking to that person too they also said get on the variable now when I talk to a mortgage person I assume you are the expert you understand interest rates and understand the economy and if the economy goes down interest rates go up something I didn't understand but when you're talking to a mortgage person you would think that they would know that part and say hey maybe now is not the time to pull some money out so what's going on with or, mortgage- or maybe no. it's time to to get the fixed rate yeah that too uh, but so what's going on with mortgage people is there a method to the madness here will it all come out in the wash five years from now or or was this just a complete oversight by the industry? So, I mean, I can't really comment on, uh, you know, on anybody's individual qualifications or the industry broadly. But I will say that there's sort of two schools of thought in the mortgage business. And one is, is that variable rates have historically been lower and you've been better off in variable rate mortgage for Canadians. And that's been true uh, going back all the way to the 70s. That is that is actually factual. And it has been, in many cases, significantly uh, less over you know over the course of any five-year period the other benefit to a uh, variable rate mortgage is that there's less penalty and we also know that Canadians you know typically refinance their properties every 30 to 36 months and when you do that if you're doing that in the middle of your term the penalty could be substantially less so those are the two reasons why mortgage agents mortgage brokers some uh, push variable rates I am not a variable rate lover. I will say that. Uh, Never have been. I'm more of a let's understand what you're actually in for and have some certainty to your prices every month. And, but at the end of the day, I mean, I advise and, and people make their decisions based on, uh, you know, what they're comfortable with. But again, you know, typically, and, and I'm probably contrary to uh, others, certainly to a lot of others within the industry is I know you've got to be able to sleep at night. And I know that for a lot of families, in fact, what I believe is probably most families need the, the comfort of knowing that, okay, I'm paying, you know, X number of dollars for the next five years. It's not going to go up regardless of what the economy does. I've qualified under the stress test. So even if it does go up at the end of, uh, at the end of that five-year period, you know, there's some 
some kind of protection built into that because I've qualified at 2% higher than what I'm paying. So you've got that level of comfort. And is it the best financial decision? Probably not. And certainly based on history, not. But I also believe that, um, you know, the only people that really make the best decisions find it like the absolute perfect financial decisions are the banks, right? They make the best financial decisions and everybody else makes decisions that are practical to their lives. And to me, part of the practical decision-making is locking in and knowing exactly what you're paying for the next five years. And the vast majority of my clients uh, know that what they're paying, you know, in the middle of the term and they can kind of sleep well knowing that their rates aren't going to go up until the end of the term. Is this making you feel better, Jim? Not really. sorry, Jim. I'm sorry, (laughs) man. I'm sorry. But uh, uh, I I find it annoying because like... I'm not calling shenanigans on an entire industry, but, and I'm not saying it's like the subprime mortgage scandal in the States, but it does kind of seem like everybody knew that the bubble was getting a little out of control in there. Everybody was trying to kind of get in there before it really did burst. Yeah, well, you heard it from real estate agents, too. No, no, buy this yeah, house. And, they, and they're giving Don't worry, FOMO. buy this house. you yeah, got to get in now. It's only going up. Like, there was a lot of, Multiple like, offers, buy this house. It's like, well, can, yeah. can the prices keep going up? Can this sustain forever? No, obviously it can't. So where's the breaking point? Did nobody outside of the banks have any idea where the breaking point was, Malcolm? You know, something I think, you know, there were definitely signals out there, right? Like, you know, I, I work primarily out of Hamilton and, uh, you know, but I obviously I reach all across Ontario and, and, you know, something. So I know the Hamilton market pretty well. And when last year in February, the average house price was $1.1 million in Hamilton, clearly there was something broken, right? Like, Clearly, uh, the system was not working properly. And I was advising people at the time that, uh, that, you know, we're in a broken system here and something's going to give at some point. Someone's going to get left holding the bag. A hundred percent. It won't be the bank. You're seeing that right now. I think you're seeing that right now. A lot of people are getting stuck holding the bag. And I don't think, you know, I don't think anybody would have predicted eight, you know, consecutive interest rate increases, you know, going up by over 4%. I really, I mean, I don't think even the best financial prognosticators could have possibly foreseen that coming. Well, now the Bank of Canada is saying that it's going to pause rate hikes and they expect inflation to decline significantly. Can we trust that? Uh, well, I think the Bank of Canada has the best information out there, and I think the Bank of Canada is trying to be honest and communicative with the Canadian public. I hope that that's the case, and I and I do believe that that is the case. Um, that said, I think inflation is, you know, I think that the Bank of Canada is fighting inflation with tools that may not be able to solve inflation fully in 2023, right? Like we're living in a modern world and they only really have one lever to pull. And I don't know how much they can pull to improve, you know, the situation with the war in, uh, in, in Ukraine or the supply chain issues or, uh, you know, and I think some of those supply chain issues are working their way through the system now. And I think, you know, that's improving. So do I think that they're going to pause? Yeah, I think they intend to pause. Do I believe that they're done increasing? I'm not 100% certain of that. I would. There's no way. If we saw one more. There's no way. <laughs> I saw a schedule. There's like dates already set. Like March 8th, there's there's already an announcement. They're ready to make, so they're, they're going to decide something. I don't know if that's accurate, but like they've already set dates to inform people what the next move is. So I... At this yeah, point, so, I do not see them stopping. It's gonna be. Uh, it's gonna be uh, every two months going up by another quarter percent, probably. 
I, I I don't think that that's going to be the case, Jim. I hope, I really hope that that's not the case. I'm so, writing I mean, it down. Their, I'm writing it down. They set their dates, set their dates a year in advance. Jim is right, looking so to burn know. the entire mortgage yes. industry to the ground. I just want receipts. <laughs> <laughs> so, like I say, I, I think they intend to hit pause, but I think that they're really, really, really looking at the data deeply. Uh, and that's all kinds of data. Like, I've been reading, you know, they're looking at, you know, transit data of who's going in and out of offices and, you know, like all kinds of things, like a really deep level uh, that maybe they hadn't looked at historically. They really want good data because they know that they are significantly impacting a lot of Canadians to to the breaking point in many cases. Okay, well, let's let's ask you this, Malcolm. Somebody, they're in the position they need to get a mortgage today. Would you tell them to go variable or should they lock it in? Uh, I'm going to tell you, it's going to depend on your personal situation and how much (laughs) risk adversity you are willing to take. But again, I encourage everybody, or typically I encourage five-year fixed rate mortgages. Uh, if you intend to be there and you intend to manage your finances and not go back to your house as uh, kind of an ATM every three years. Yeah. It's, it's also, it's, listen, I've, I've been locking in my entire mortgage career And there have been times where I've kicked myself and been like, damn, I should have gone with the variable. And it just depends what side you're on. And hopefully it's like your investments that you make with your, uh, your, uh, your investment specialist, Jim. It's like sometimes they go up, sometimes they go down and they always just tell you, wait it out and hopefully it gets better. Does that make you feel better that's the worst advice ever <laughs> so you break your arm and it's like just take a nap okay let's look at the bright side at least uh scammers haven't sold your house without your knowledge which is something that is happening quite a bit in toronto over 30 houses have been sold in toronto you started looking into this yesterday uh, after we said we wanted to talk about it what did you find so, I mean, this is happening, and, uh, you know, I've been hearing about it for a few years. It typically happens if the house is unoccupied, so if the owner is away for a period of time. Um, but it can happen even if you're not away. It is a matter of identity theft uh, at its core. So somebody steals your identity, and then they use uh, fraudulent documents to go about acquiring title to your property. And they uh, they acquire title, and then then they're able to, and they create forged documents, and they're either able to uh, sell your house completely or refinance and mortgage your house, uh, and you're unaware of it until all of a sudden you're getting mortgage arrears or, like you say, somebody standing in your driveway uh, trying to move into your house. And it is uh, far from a victimless crime. It is, in fact, uh, you're a victim on both sides, right? You think you have a good purchase of a property and you intend to move in, and then somebody's standing there uh, saying, oh, no, this is my house. I haven't sold my house. What are you talking about? Um, or on the other hand, uh, or on the other side, the you know somebody moves in and now you don't have a house or you don't have access to your house anymore. So the victims are on both sides of this. But you get to keep your house, right? Middle. If somebody sells your house fraudulently, you get to keep your house. You can't just be like, oh, you got me. Can well, I keep the piano? Well, it's, uh, it requires a lot of work and a lot of expense, and I'm not certain that there is any guarantee that you get to keep your house unless 
you've got a title insurance policy and that title insurance policy goes to bat for you and resolves the issue. Because like I say, I mean, somebody could think they've had a perfectly good and legitimate legal sale and they're standing in your driveway wanting to move into what they believe is their house. And if title has transferred, it is technically legally their house. So like I say, the best security, uh, well, there's a couple of things that people want to do to protect themselves. A, I think you want to make sure that, uh, you know, validate uh, title. So that's, that's relatively easy to do. Contact a lawyer, ask them to pull a pin on your property. And that's exactly what it's called, pulling the pin on your property. And it will tell you who's on title to your property. And it'll tell you the whole sequence of uh, title changes that have happened to that property over the life of the property. The other thing is make sure you've got a good and valid um, title insurance policy. Now, the vast majority of lenders require title insurance at the point of purchase. Okay. And the vast majority of lawyers require title insurance. At so the point of purchase. most likely, if you don't know whether or not you have it, you probably do have it, but it's worth you checking out do. right now. But definitely, it is absolutely worth checking out. Um, if you find that for whatever reason you don't have it, you can absolutely acquire title insurance after the fact. So if for some reason you find out that you don't have title insurance on your property, uh, you can contact, you know, First Canadian Title or any of the other uh, title insurance companies that are out there. And I think there's four that are operating in Canada and you can purchase a policy. And it's about a dollar for every hundred or about every thousand dollars of property value. So, you know, most people are probably looking between 300 and a thousand dollars worth of uh, title insurance to protect you from this and they will they'll deal with the expense they'll deal with uh, you know all of the uh, complications and the legal matters that come along with this now you might not do as well uh, as you would have if you had sold the house on your own but uh, at least there's some level of backstop there and that really is uh, probably the best advice the other thing that I would suggest is uh, just do a quick Google search of yourself and see how many, you know, headshots are floating around of you and how many, uh, you know, how much information about you and your property is actually out there and floating around because at the, at the core, at the root of this, this is an identity theft fraud. So somebody is stealing your identity, they're creating false documents and, you know, it's, uh, it, it's 2023 and there's a ton of information uh, about all of us floating yeah. around online. There's pictures of us floating well, around. Maybe online. Jim, you don't want to post those pictures of you on the private jet from this weekend on your Instagram now. <laughs> no, yeah, with a picture of my house with the address out in front of it too. <laughs> here's where we're taking off oh, from. Here's my phone bill. <laughs> Malcolm well, the mortgage it, right? guy. Thanks, that's buddy. We're out of no time. problem, gentlemen. We're out of time. But if people have questions, uh, you gave some great advice there. If people have more questions for you, they can always get in touch with you. Malcolm the mortgage. Guy.ca. This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. Jim, you are going to be enjoying the snow going on a little boy's trip tomorrow. Yeah, kind of random thing happened. My buddy's brother-in-law runs a basketball academy. It's called Southwest Academy, so it's for young teenagers playing basketball. Some notable Canadian male players have gone through there, so shout out to Southwest. They had a fundraiser, and one of the silent auction items was a private jet anywhere within a three-hour flying radius for six people, 
plus transportation to and from the airport to your hotel and a $300 Expedia gift card for a hotel. So I'm looking at the silent auction table and I go by it and the minimum bid was $2,000. Yeah. And I'm, thinking, I'm crunching the numbers in my head. I'm like, a private jet is like 30, 40 grand. I've heard They're it's like a while. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, 2,000 bucks? And we're just with a foursome. So I'm thinking, we could easily get two people. So I run it by the boys. And we're like, yeah, let's, let's throw some money down on it. So we start the bidding off. It goes back and forth. A couple other guys are interested in it. We end up getting it for $3,600. So divided by six dudes, it's 600 bucks each for the private jet. The 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 transportation and a hotel three hundred dollars for a hotel, so uh, we got it and it was mid COVID when we started bidding on it so things kept on getting delayed and delayed and we were like where do we go where do we go so now that things are opening up and basically opened up we finally said let's get on this jet so we decided to go to Mount Tremblant, uh, get on the flight flying out of London Airport and landing at the Mount Tremblant Airport which is forty five minutes away from the hill getting the shuttle to the hill tearing it up Friday Saturday. And then come flying back on Sunday. On a PJ. On a P- first and last Mr. time. PJ I know. over here. And I told all my friends, we got like a WhatsApp group going, so we've been like making plans. So I said, okay, everybody bring six outfits. Six of your coolest outfits. <laughs> every half an hour, we will change outfits and take another picture, change your hair a little bit, and then every <laughs> month moving forward, you pretend you're on a different private jet somewhere yes. else. <laughs> I was about to say, make sure you take lots of pictures for... Hashtag social jet life? Me- social media clout. Because like, those, those go a long way. The, the PJ picks. Oh, totally. And I know like a few, uh, like my buddy's dating a girl who has like a decent sizable following on Instagram. She's basically almost an, an influencer. She's got like 30,000 followers or something on like that. On the cusp. On the cusp and of being an influencer. And every once in a while I'll see her on a beach in Bali and I'll be like, I just saw her last night at the backyard. But she's not actually there. But it just like it gives the image that they're yeah. constantly, uh, you know, crossing the world. So get lots of pictures on the jet. I like the idea of of changing outfits, yeah, so yeah. people think it's it's a different flight. Mm-hmm. And uh, the ski slopes as well. You get lots of. You should bring like four or five different True. snowsuits. Fluorescent onesie from the eighties, of course, <laughs> obviously. Devin Peacock, our sports guy, is here. Dev, you want to talk some basketball? I do, because because there was a a fantastic moment in a uh, college basketball game last night. Loyola, Chicago, and Duquesne were playing, and apparently there was a fan in the stands who was not all that pleased with the uh, food options at the concession stands. We got an official's timeout. Somebody came on the floor. Uber Eats delivery or something there is carrying some McDonald's. Was he going to deliver the McDonald's to somebody on the court? That's an Uber Eats sticker. Let's see if we can see this. No, this is going to be the turnover in the corner. There he is in the corner. Yay, yay. This guy's actually, who's he delivering it to? The ref. The 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 ref said later. Give it to me later. Not now. (laughs) (laughs) It sounds like it's it's an Uber Eats Paid promotion. <laughs> so the, the My Uber Eats guy is tingling. He just walked out there in the middle of the play, Dev. Yeah. So they thought, like, when I saw the video, I thought it was for the referee, which was what you were thinking, like, when did the referee have a chance to order Uber Eats? But he was going towards the referee because, like, there's the video of him holding the bag, walking right onto the court, right near the play, and the referee is like, like, get out, get of, out here. of here. Yeah, sorry, yeah. I'm sorry. Are we to believe the ref during the? 
the, no, like no, the break no, the ref didn't order Uber Eats. The ref was saying, get off the okay, court. Okay, so where was the Uber Eats guy going? Because how did he have a ticket yeah. into the game? So what he, is happening So that's here? the question. So people thought it was the ref because he was going towards the ref. Ref was getting him off. This guy was delivering to a fan who was courtside who wanted some McDonald's. So how was he let in the building? This just reeks great, of, a, of, of, of a... Great question because I don't know how he got in. Like, is, is this like... Take, this like, is marketing 101, is 100%. It, this is like this is like dressing up as a waiter to get in someplace fancy. Yeah. Unless like this, the maintenance guy was having a dart out back by the dumpster <laughs> and left the door ajar. And, oh, here's my opportunity. Like, how would he have possibly found the guy's seat? It's just nonsense. Does anyone have some Uber Eats crap we could borrow? Because I'd love to go to the Super Bowl this year, guys. <laughs> <laughs> just walk, yeah. walk right just have in. The heat bag. Yeah. Uber Eats on Twitter, I did see, like, they've been responding to, to tweets about this and they're, they're capitalizing it on it, but... It's a weird way to go. Like, if you're going to do this. They interrupted the basketball yeah, game. Yeah, if you're going to do this, I would not interrupt the game, which is why I think, I feel like it's genuine. It's not some sort of work. Somebody screwed up. That guy should not have been let into the building. Well, it was like the ultimate idiot on the field, right? Where you see this guy, he's, but this guy looks like completely like, what the? Like, this is a basketball game? Like, got your Big Mac. <laughs> Raptors, you want to mention the Raptors before we uh, move on? I did. Uh, the Raptors were in Sacramento last night. They won. They are right now, if the, if the season were to end, they would not be in the playoffs or the play-in. They are on the cusp of the play-in tournament. But based on how this season has gone, the Raptors should be sellers at the trade deadline. There's a lot of teams in the running. This is a prime opportunity to get something for some of the very good players you have on the team, but Clearly, they have not come together. Well, we'll know they've given up when they start ordering Uber Eats mid-game. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Dev. The Taz and Jim Podcast. The Razzies have backpedaled. No way. Yeah. I think Gold, I know where you're going. Golden Raspberry Awards nominated a 12-year-old actress named Ryan Kira Armstrong for the remake of the Stephen King story, Firestarter. Mm-hmm. Uh, and people started freaking out. They're like, you can't nominate a 12-year-old as the worst actress. That's not nice. Just a kid. Yeah, it seems a little mean-spirited. Her name has been removed from the ballot. Going forward, actors and filmmakers under the age of 18 will not be eligible for Razzie Awards. Quote, we have never intended to bury anyone's career. That's why our Redeemer Award was created. So apparently they have an award (laughs) where if you are a terrible actor and then you go on to become a great actor, you can win the Redeemer Award. Mm -hmm. We all make mistakes, says a spokesperson for the Razzies, very much us included. Since our motto is own your bad, we realize that we ourselves must also live up to it. Hmm. Now... I hate to be insensitive too, but now I want to see Firestarter to see how bad the performance was, just to know how to make somebody sink that low. I mean, it's not that big of a deal, but to ju- to to put her on that list, like it must have been awful. And I don't want to rub salt in the wounds here, but mm-hmm. I, it, I'm intrigued. It could be good for uh, for business for this Firestarter True. movie, right? Yeah, just people are curious now. How bad could it be? Uh-huh. Watch Firestarter, like the movie The Room. You know, you see, like, here people talk about how bad that movie The Room is. Uh, it makes me want... That's the what is it called, right? 
The room was like an Academy Award-winning movie with that kid. No, what's the one where the guys on the I can't no stop and they did the remake on the with uh what's it with Seth Rogen and um, oh yeah yeah Tommy Wiseau Tommy Wiseau. The Room. It was called The Room, but there was a, in 2002. Right. I'm thinking of The there Other was, The Room. Which was a great movie. Great movie Written by a Canadian. But see, that kid, what was that kid's name? The Canadian kid, Jacob something? Yes, yes. Um, he, he, everyone was talking about what a- Jacob Tremblay. Yes. What a great child actor he was, so people wanted to see it. Mm-hmm. But I do agree, if, if you're talking about how terrible of an actor somebody is, you also kind of want to watch- yeah, because a train wreck. Nobody wants to watch. Eh, middle of the road. Yeah, it's got to be great or terrible. Yeah, one end or the other end of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. As long as this kid signed a deal and got a back end of the profits, maybe she does <laughs> want to get nominated for a Razzie. Oh, she was sandbagging this whole time. <laughs> Well, I know I'm not going to win an Oscar, so I might as well do an awful job. <laughs> the Taz and Jim Podcast. Got through the snow yesterday. It really did just suddenly take a big dump on us, didn't it, Jim? Yeah, and I've made fun of a weatherman my entire life, how them they're always wrong, and, you know, when you go golf and it rains or it's sunny when it's supposed to rain, whatever. But when they said that like the buses were canceled in the morning, I said, what? What are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, there were some school buses that were canceled, Yeah, right? in certain rural areas, and I said, it's perfectly fine out. And, it, you know, but then, sure enough, by the time the buses would have rolled home, there was it was pretty wild out there in certain areas. Yeah, so. around 3 o'clock yesterday afternoon was was pretty much prime time for snow falling. Yeah, so, uh, okay, you won that round, <laughs> weatherman. Over 40 collisions due to the snowstorm yesterday in the Toronto area, according to Global News here. Ryan, our uh, producer in the Y108 studios in Hamilton, says, On my drive into work at 4 a.m., I saw a man in cargo shorts shoveling outside of his house. Love it. I saw a kid walking home from school yesterday in shorts. Yeah, yeah. It's probably because his mom was doing laundry for him for months and he wasn't thankful or something like that. <laughs> I, mean, I don't think it was a punishment because my kid's no? the same. My kid, if if we let him wear a t-shirt and shorts to school in this kind of weather, he would. Hmm. He hates wearing his snow pants. Doesn't he walk to school? He walks to school, <laughs> yes. He hates wearing yeah, his snow pants. Awful. He hates wearing his toque. He hates wearing his gloves. Yeah. I don't know if it's a comfort thing or he thinks he looks cool. In front of all the other students, if he's wearing a t-shirt and shorts. It gets old real quick during recess. You know, if you're a kid who wants to get out there and mix it up, in you know, <laughs> cargo shorts are the worst idea. But there's always one. Yeah. Well, I, you, we've talked about it before. If you have great calves... Guys with big calves do not like covering those things up. So you see a lot of big-calved men in cargo shorts all winter long. Oh, yeah, yeah. Just like you see well-endowed men in Speedos. (laughs) (laughs) If you got it, flaunt it. You got a hefty bosom, you're going to get a low, a deep V. low-cut top, yeah. Yeah, Come on. (laughs) Why cover up what God blessed you with? Yeah, use your strengths. Calf it up. Cargo short guy. If the cargo short guy is listening right now, kudos to you. It's always entertaining to us pants people to see one of you in the wild. And you know with the shovel he's lifting with his legs. You just know it. (laughs) It's the way you're supposed to do it.